Welcome to Living Chassidus. Together, let's live the Chassidus we learn. That's the one that broke. Okay. Welcome, everybody, um, for another systematic Avida initiative program, which is based off of Rabbi Simon Jacobson's book, 60 Days. And I want to give a huge mazel tov to everybody who's been doing the program, who's been really taking Elul and Tishrei and making an amazing time out of it by really making it a daily Avaida. Because Avaida doesn't just happen in a vacuum. It's small steps every single day. So I want to wish... Oh, I need your phone. <laughs> I want to... Because that's my phone that I'm going to wish everyone a mazel tov from. <laughs> I hope you have most people's phone numbers. Oh, of course you do. Um, so, first of all, I want to say that the prize from last, last time for bringing is here for you to pick up. Um, and the prize for this for bringing is in good hands. It's the brand new print. And I felt it was very appropriate that our speaker, Shelly, is speaking about Betachin in the sukkah. And I'm like, this is the perfect gift for tonight. Um, and I also want to wish my Shalom Dover Chaim Ben Michal an incredible birthday. Happy birthday. He had his birthday on the first day of Sukkot. It was very fun and exciting for everyone who joined us that meal. And um, tonight's for bringing a sponsored in his honor. So, yeah. Okay. So, a huge mazel tov to everyone that gets this book. Um, Mrs. Citrin, <laughs> Chaya Liebman, Devorah Kapolovitz, Chaya Mushka Weinstein, Rachel Schmerling, Ariella Zuckerman, Bela Kalandorova, Yosefa Wood Eisenberg, Daniela Conboy, Gilan Natik, Adina Lapine, Esther Malka Cohen, Ita Gravich, Big Bishvay, Brockley Michelovin, Shelby Aronson, Ruta Cohen, Aviva Levy, um, Chaim Matasov, and Rachel Spiro, Liva Sher. I think that is everyone. If I missed your name, please feel free to message me and a huge mazel tov. You can come pick it up now or at our next um, session. And now we have the amazing Shelly. Hi guys. <laughs> you are on. So, hi everyone. It's beautiful to be here tonight. I uh, <laughs> was thinking very, very deeply what we should talk about today. And I thought about my own experience with Sukkot and what it means to me. And I realized that it's not, in, it's not a, a one-sentence answer. It's like very complicated and it has a lot of different elements. And the first two words that really came to me was building like happiness and bitachon. Because I really feel like the, the Sukkot itself, it gives you a feeling of being connected and being hugged and being and feeling safe. So I thought that we should discuss that, talk about some stories, some interpretations, uh, some of the things that the Rebbe said about it. And um, I'll share a few things that, that I myself feel about uh, the whole idea of bitachon and, uh, and happiness. Because I think they're also very linked together. So when you have bitachon, you have happiness. When you have happiness, you have bitachon. And um, it's also, I think that at the end, I'll connect a little bit the Ushpizin of tonight, because I thought that um, 
the Mithla Rebbe and uh, Moshe Rabenu, which are the Ushpazin of tonight, also have a lot to teach us and have a connection to um, uh, the whole idea of Bitachon and how to build it. So um, I hope that's going to help us also. So I really love reading about um, from a very nice book that the Rebbe's father uh, wrote about the Parshas. And when he gets to the holidays to Yom Kippur and Sukkot and um, Rosh Hashanah, he talks about very interesting concepts. So he started with a very nice joke, which I'm going to tell you because I think it helps understand um, how can we have such uh, holidays that seem to be not connected, but are connected in one month. So he talks about a man who calls um, this newspaper and he asks to put an ad for a mazel tov. So they tell him you can have 70 words. So he starts reciting what he wants to write and they tell him you have two more words. What do you want to, what do you want to write? Um, so he tells them in Hebrew, mechonit limkira. So it means uh, he wants to sell a car. So they tell him you can't do that. It has to be connected. Like it's, it's either part of the, part of the, the mazel tov or forget it. You can't add two words of something else. So, and it, so Rabbi Lavitzchak, he says, in the beginning, it looks like when you're looking at Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and Sukkot, it seems to be very disconnected because these are very, um, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are very heavy, thinking about our deeds, what we want to do, what do we want to change, how we want to start a year. It's a lot of inner work and a lot of um, thinking with yourself how you want to conduct your life and what you want to change and what you did wrong and how you want to, you know, and asking forgiveness it's, it's, and connecting to Hashem again. And all of a sudden you have Chagasimcha, something that's completely seems to be opposite. But um, Rabbi Levitha connects between the two. And he explains that the work that we do and Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur brings us to Sukkot and actually helps us build the Sukkah spiritually and also physically. So he explained something very interesting, which I didn't know, and I thought it was very interesting, that Kiyota Shofar in Yom Kippur and in Rosh Hashanah, um, it's, a, it's a hundred. And Schach um, is also Gimatria um, a hundred. So he says that Kiyata Shofar built the Schach of the Sukkah. So all the work that we do during Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur doesn't contradict being happy in Sukkot. It actually lays the foundation for that. So I thought that was very, very interesting. And I, I really truly, when you think about it, you really feel that. You feel that when you finally sit in the sukkah, you feel like it's a, it's a very happy place. It's a very good place. And he calls it like a, a, a godly hug. It's the time where Hashem says, you did the work and I've seen you. And now I want to hug you. And I want to just give you my love. So it was interesting this Shabbos, I was sitting with the kids and um, a group of kids were talking Hebrew. So my, my class didn't mean anything to them because they couldn't get the prizes. They didn't know how to answer the question. They were very upset. So one of the mothers said, maybe you could do something for the Hebrew speaking. And so I said, okay, so bring them like five or 5.30 and we'll do another class. So she brought them and we did another class and I chose to read a story. And it was a, a story in Hebrew about a little boy who doesn't know how to read and the other kids are laughing at him. And the, the, the boy, like when he, around the other kids, he doesn't want to see them. He just closes his eyes and runs to the other room where his mom is and just runs to her. And she gives him like this amazing hug. And the child, they explain how the child feels like so safe. 
And the mother at the same time is crying and davening that her child will be strong enough and be able to read. And she's like davening to Hashem while she's hugging him. So he won't have to go through this pain that he has to run to her because of the other kids that are making fun of him. So when he gets out of her hug, he asks her, mommy, why are you upset? And she said, I'm not, I'm davening to, to Hashem. And when I said to myself that story, okay, it's like interesting, but I felt like this is what the sukkah is. Like Hashem is with us in our pain and he sees our pain and he knows we have to go through it because it's the only way to really get us to where we need to be, to be able to truly connect to him. So, but he still hugs us and he supports us, but we don't always see it right away. But when we do, we really feel comforted. And then at the same time, the pain that we go through, Hashem goes through it too. It's not like we go through it alone. He sees us and he feels it with us. So I thought that it was very interesting, that story that I was telling the kids. I felt like it's really, um, it, it had an element of Sukkot in it. And I thought that it was interesting. So I really feel like, like Sukkot is the time where we really let Hashem hug us. He's really here with us. And he just wants us to stop everything and really, really, really um, assess our, our, ourselves, our lives, how we want to, you know, how much trust do we have in him? And it's not so easy because, you know, you say trust, 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 but when do we ever really test that trust? When do you ever like really let go and say, you know, Hashem will catch me? It's a very, it, it, it's a very hard thing. And I, I've tested it in my life and I have a lot of bitachon, but that bitachon came from me testing myself and putting that, um, that into, into, into a test, like leaving a job and, and, and not knowing what's going to happen tomorrow. And Hashem sends something your way that you're good at because he, he needs your services for something. We all have some kind of job and, and some kind of, our neshama is supposed to fix something in the world. If you really believe that and you truly trust in Hashem, you will see how when you leave one path, another one opens. It doesn't always happen right away. So you really have to have that trust that it's going to happen because it might take a month or two and then it's going to show up. But you have to really trust and, and building that trust gives you a lot of happiness because once you see that it works, you have that tranquility inside of you that knowing that it's okay, Hashem has my back. And even if things are not so okay right now, it's okay. Hashem is seeing my pain. He's crying with me, but he's keeping me safe. I'm in his hug. And this is really what the sukkah is to remind us. It gives us the power the whole year to go through the things we go through. It's like seven days that we're sitting and thinking about it and we're taking strength the whole year, knowing that Hashem was with us. And um, there was a, a, a um, Rabbi Levitzak also warns us about something. Because once the holiday starts and we do this work of teshuva, we, we dwell in it. And, and it feels very heightened. But once the holidays are over, we sometimes become, you know, very light about it and we leave it behind. And he said, don't do that. Make sure that you are always aware of this connection that you have with Hashem and always work on it. So he brought a very, a very beautiful story. He said, this, um, uh, this guy, he's a, a, a thief and he stole the whole year. And he comes to the rabbi, he says, I want to do teshuva. And he brings a big stack with him. And he's like, this um, candlestick belonged to Chaim. This wallet belongs to Moshe. This, this knife belonged to um, uh, Shmuel. This um, this uh, this box belonged to to my neighbor Yitzik, um, and he's like putting all these things, and the rabbi is so happy. He's like, oh, 
finally all my teachings are working and he, he's becoming a Baal Tshuva and very good. And then as he leaves, the rabbi notices that his gold watch is missing. So he's like, whoa. So he runs after him and says, hey, Yosef, come back. He says, why did you take my watch? Like, you just said you did Tshuva. He said, yeah, Tshuva is Tshuva, but, but being a thief is my, you know, it's my, it's my living, you know? So meaning like, I did Tshuva, now I'm going back to what I'm doing. So he's like, so Rabbi Levitz, like says, human nature is to go back to our regular, you know, we say, oh, I'm going to do this, make lists, you know, I still have my lists from doing it. <laughs> and it just keeps on piling and piling. Like, don't, don't do that. Try to really like make choices for yourself and live up to them and don't take it so lightly. And it's, um, it, it's, it's very profound, you know, it's funny when we think about it, but it's, it's really so, so important. So I was, uh, I, I go to New Jersey every day and back and I, and I drive a lot. So I put on this uh, beautiful uh, video and Y.Y. Um, uh, Jacobson said a very beautiful story about Sukkot. And it really teaches us a lot about what bitachon is and really being in the moment. And I think also being in the sukkah, you need to be in the moment. You need to really like just be here and be able to be with other people and have guests because that's the whole part of, of, of sukkot is just to sit in the sukkah, have guests, go to other people's sukkah. It's, it's a very beautiful uh, experience. So he was uh, talking about um, this guy. It was a story of many years ago when, when it was not so easy to get the togim and lulavim, and sometimes it was very expensive, and it depends on the weather, on the weather, and you know where they're coming from. So this guy Moishele wants to buy an etrog, and I told him that you were very expensive, and they were like ranging at like a lot of money for that time. It was about like a thousand dollars or even more. And he's talking to his wife, and he's telling her, "I really want to do the mitzvah of 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 having what I need for the holiday. I really want to buy an etrog. I really want to have a nice love. I really want to do this mitzvah. It's really bothering me." And he said, "Okay, maybe I'll get the money." And the holiday was getting closer, and he didn't. So he said, "You know what?" He thought to himself, "He's like, I'm going to sell my tefillin. I don't need it for the holiday of Sukkot. I'm going to sell it." So he decides. Uh, to sell his tefillin. He doesn't even ask his wife. He said, I'll buy it back after, you know, I buy the etrog. After the holiday, I'll make the bracha and I'll figure it out. I'll get a thousand dollars then. I thought I'm going to get it this week. I didn't. I'll get it for next week and I'll buy my tefillin back, whatever. Okay. So he sells his tefillin. He buys the esrog. He comes home. He puts it in the kitchen, wraps it, puts it nicely, whatever. It's sitting nicely. He went to do his stuff. And <laughs> you know the story. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, then he goes does his stuff and his um uh, his wife comes and he's so excited like listen I bought an S rug he's like she's like where is he? you said you have money he said I sold my device like you sold your device like yeah don't worry I'll buy it back and after they go back and forth like okay show me the S rug like come to the kitchen I'll show it to you and they're looking for it and I'm like it's like I put it right here and she and she said that was your S rug. I thought it was a lemon. I, I needed to make salad and I, and I made uh, applesauce and I decided I want to put a lemon. So I cut it and it was so hard to squeeze. It was hardly any juice in it. I was cutting it and I put it in there and that. And he's looking at her and you think he's like going to go crazy. And he hugs her and he said, you are the best wife ever. She's like, you lose your mind? Why aren't you angry? Like, why, why aren't you upset? And he's like, look, I wanted to do the mitzvah 
of Nefilat Lulav, of having an esrog, of saying the bracha. So I sold my tefillin. Now I have a good wife. You made dinner. You made, you know, you wanted to do it from all your heart. You thought it was a lemon. So now I have to be a good husband and tell you that you're a good wife. I, you know, if this is what Hashem wants. A thousand dollars. But it was a while back. So I can imagine that it was more like 10,000 for, <laughs> you know, like money wise, like for, for the value of it. Like today, a thousand dollars and back then a thousand dollars is not the same. It's like, it was, what? At that time, like at, at the time of the, when the story happened, it was like exchange, like a thousand dollars. The value of it was almost ten times more than than a thousand dollars today. Definitely today, it, you know, we we get in a in much better price. It's still expensive if you want to get a mehuda one, but you know, you definitely don't need to sell your tefillin, <laughs> you know, whatever. But um, but he he did really, you know, he he really wanted to do it from all his heart, and he really didn't get upset at his wife. He realized that if Hashem decided that that's how things are going to happen. This is how it is. He was living the moment. He had trust. So he could have, so this guy had two choices. He could have like fought with his wife, had Shlom Bayit problems. Then he doesn't have an esrog and he doesn't have his tefillin. Or, and, he, he, and his connection with Hashem is like not 100%. Or he feels very connected to Hashem. He loves his family. And he says, it is what it is. And I don't have a tefillin. And when Hashem wants, he will provide me the money and I will buy. You know, it's not like he's a lazy man. He'll go work. And, you know, he realized that things just happen and you can't control everything. And you have to live in the moment and try to do your best. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know? Yeah. That's the mystery right now. Yeah, you have to You have to be here. You have to, you know, you have to try to, you know. So, so I thought it was very profound because how many times are we not upset when things don't go our way? Think, think your, for yourself, even the things that you went through this year. I went through a lot of challenges this year. And my Bikahon my, really went up in many levels because I, I, I chose to, to be Moishala. I didn't sell, you know, you know but, but I did put out of almost everything I had on Chinuch projects, on, on all kinds of endeavors that I felt are important. And I put myself on the line. And I was in the moment. I'm like, I'm here to serve Hashem and I'm going to do what needs to be done. And I saw how Hashem just like gave me that hug back. And he said, I got your back. I see you. You're, you work for me and I see it. And you're not going to be left. And, and this is a very, it's a very deep concept. And it, and it really is, it's true. Hashem provides us. We shouldn't, we shouldn't think for a minute that there's something else. And we don't realize as, as much as we, we think we have bitachon, you have to work on it. You have to ask yourself, how much bitachon do I have? What can I do to have more of it? And that's when we think about it in Sukkot. That's really the time to, does anybody want to share something about that? Anybody had like a, a test with bitachon um, that because you like to lose your happiness for a little bit, anything that you want to share with us? Because I think it's important to talk about that. No? So, like, everybody in Yiddishas, like, my basement flooded. First time it rained, it flooded. And two, three weeks ago, when we had a flood, 
Bunny's gonna be trying to go across the classroom. They're so scared to spray them. And it has to call, like, cover them. So, like, once you spray them, like, you know, like, taking all the water out, like, like you're working really hard. And I'm like, you know, how am I gonna, like, find something? It seems like this piava is always coming, like, from all over the world. Like, there's nowhere to find a, like, a spot. <laughs> yeah, like, I really wanted to find something that would be down. So, um, the special shop, yeah, like, the week after, like, the shana, the same shop, one of the same shop, like, the same shop, the same shop, the same that next week, I was able to see something in Baruch Hashem, like, you know, it was available, and I got it at the Icy store, the vacationing store, on November 1st, I'm actually going to get it. Oh my god, that's uh, amazing! Yeah. Ooh, so let me ask you something. So this is this is a good example. What did when the flood happened? What did you feel? Were you disappointed or were you okay? It happened. I, I'm going to move forward. I'm going to trust that God has has me in mind. I feel like this was like the sixth time I flooded, and it was scary. So I was like, okay, I can't live like this anymore. I'm like, I know Hashem is going to help me. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask Hashem. For so you had the trust. You didn't like. Like you weren't like upset, like you, yeah, you were annoyed that this may, maybe happened again, but you, you realized that it's going to be okay. Like you didn't have that, you did, you weren't like sad, like deeply sad. You just knew that need, something needed to be changed. It wasn't deeply sad, like in the beginning, but then like, you know, when I was like praying and searching, I was like really actively looking for another place, even like in the midst of like the Hashanah, the Patrice, everything like, you know, like I put it out there, but like, I wasn't, like I, I did have trust, I did have like this trust on that's beautiful. That's amazing. You want to share anything about Sukkot in the in Bitachon? Like, do you feel like like Sukkot helps you kind of like enhance that feeling of Bitachon? Um, now that you're moving, let's just say, do you feel Hashem's hug? Do you yeah, feel sure. that? Do you feel that this is that it was all to get you into a better place? Yeah. Like, imagine if you didn't have the flood. Let's take this situation. You wouldn't have that flood, mm -hmm. so you wouldn't have this this feeling that you have to move. You wouldn't look for, for an apartment. You would have probably, somebody else would have taken that apartment and you would have had to maybe find something more expensive. So Hashem made it that in the right time, it should flood, that you will find also, something will be available and that you should be able to find it also. So, so all, all these delays and all these things, sometimes it's to get us to a better place, but we don't always see it. It was, it was kind of like a nervous because like, you know, simply things, everything was really like There's no in. spots available. No space. And this year, it really is a miracle, guys. There's like no <laughs> spot to sleep anywhere. Like people are just like, it's amazing. It's yeah. great. It's really amazing. Wow. <laughs> Can we come visit? <laughs> Very special. So you got elevated also. That's amazing. I'm so excited to move Very special. We bless you. We bless you and ask for you that it should not rain and you should not have any more floods and those you can have it there happy, healthy, well, and have a lot of brothers in your new home. Amen. Amen. Amen.
it was, um, I have a, a very special book. It's called um, The Hasidic Perspective on Holidays, on the holidays. It's um, Discourses from the Rebbe that uh, Rabbi Metzger, he put it together and he kind of like brought in, um, like he put more interpretations in, but he really brought the Sichas from the Rebbe and he kind of like uh, brought in a lot of concepts. And the Rebbe speaks about um, the Arbat Aminim in this holiday and how they, how it correlates to all the Jewish people and how we also can enhance our own bitachon and emunah together. So he says like, why, why is this combination of like the etog, right? The citron, it's, it's a very, it has everything. Why do you combine it with, with, with the others? Some of them have a smell, some of them have a taste. Some of the, so he said that all together, they really, um, they help like, they, they complete each other. So one person doesn't do any mitzvahs, one person does everything he learns and he does mitzvahs. One person just learns, one person does mitzvahs. So together, we kind of like um, cover up for each other, as you could say. So when we sit together in a sukkah, and we learn, and we eat together, and we say brachas, we help each other, and we become united. When we become united, we're able to connect to Hashem better. And I thought that that was very interesting, because then we become one. So you don't have to be perfect. And even if you didn't do the work, your friend can help you. Because if he or she did the work, and you sit with them together, you both get elevated. So the power of hakel also, I thought, which was very, very interesting that this year, you know, we say hakel, hakel, getting together, but what is the power of getting together? That together we become more complete. Together we cover up for what another person cannot do. And together we look perfect. And then we're able to bring ourselves to the next level. And I thought that that was very powerful. So you know, sometimes you like have a long, hard day and you just want to sit by yourself, but no, make an effort to be with someone else, to elevate their day, to, to make them happy, to teach them something, to learn something from them, because together you have a better chance of connecting and creating a relationship with Hashem that you can't do by yourself sometimes because of our own shortcomings and, and sometimes it's just the struggle that we have in life. Sometimes we don't even recognize it. And just by being with another person and another Jewish person and learning from them or doing something with them or even just helping them, you elevate yourself in so many different levels. So I thought that was very profound and very interesting. And um, please, you know, I don't like to lecture. So if anybody wants to share something, I love, we can also develop whatever you have to say. So I think that this, this whole idea of bitachon for me personally, and I'm telling you this, and this is why I chose this topic, it brought me a lot of happiness because I no longer look for something that doesn't exist. I know if I don't have something, I don't need it, or I will have it when Hashem thinks I will need to have it. And the most important thing to remember is that we, we really are here to serve Hashem. And each one of us has a special task, something special that we're good at, something special that is our, our spark, and we're the only ones who can bring it into the room. So never take yourself for granted also. You are very special and your neshama has a very special task and you have to try to connect to that and then you'll be happy. I found myself many times not doing what I'm best at and I felt that I'm not in the right place. I couldn't point my finger at what it was 
but I knew something was off. But the minute that you do what you're supposed to be doing, what you're good at, you're just happy because it comes natural to you and you see Hashem's hand in it all the time because you feel like you're not doing it alone. I see it a lot in my work in Chinuch. I just literally feel like there's something mamash stronger than me coming and helping me. And it's just so beautiful to see. So when you connect to what you're supposed to be doing, you're, you're going to be happy and your, your betachon level is going to go up because you're going to see Hashem's hand in a much more clear way. So I feel that's something, um, I, I think it's easier said than done, but it does exist. It's not like, a, you know, sometimes people hear these things and they say, oh, come on, this is like, you know, but it's not, it's very real. So you have to really, really try to connect to Hashem. I really, truly connect to Hashem as if like, he's here, he's listening to me. He's here to, to help me do my task in this world. And I think that's very, very important. It's very important also to explain it to children. Um, I found myself this week talking to the kids and reading to them something about Hashem. And then I asked them, do you, aside to davening, do you also speak to Hashem? And they didn't really like, you know, they didn't really, it didn't really, um, one of them said yes, and the rest of them kind of no. So we also explain to children also, not just to ourselves, that, that we need to speak to Hashem and pour our hearts and, and, and say what we want and what we need. We have to see how Hashgachapratit, he brings it to us. And in the, in, the, in the sukkah, this is the time to do it, to sit down, to daven, to talk to Hashem, and to see his, really, his blessings. Do you, do you ladies feel that when you sit in a sukkah, let's just say, do you... Do you ask for things? Do you feel like they come true? Do you do you see your life changing in that direction? Do you feel like it's not that, that you there's things that you want and you still didn't get there and you just can't find a way to get there? Yeah, specifically in Sukkot, like do you feel like like looking back at last year, are there things that you wanted to do or ask for and you just don't see that they're happening and it makes you kind of like, you know. <laughs> There's things that I asked asked Hashem for outside of the sukkah, um, like when Hashem answered me, but Hashem didn't answer. Expected, like. Did it? Did it still bring your? Do you feel like it brought your trust? Like, like it completed completed your trust, or did it make? Like meaning, Sometimes I'll tell you, I, I, I actually saw that in the past two months and I realized that it's really amazing. I've seen it before in my life, but until you don't really go through it, you don't really realize how profound it is. Sometimes you're in a situation and you don't see outside the situation because you're, you're here. Like we're sitting in the sukkah now. We don't, we don't see what's happening in the street. We hear it, but we're not really there. So we don't see the person that we don't see the person that just bought a hot dog we don't see that you know we don't see all the details 
Hashem sees the details and we live in our bubble. Now we're in, the, in, in our bubble and we're asking for the things that we see that we need in the bubble. But he knows that if we take these things outside, it's all going to fly in the wind. It's not gonna, it's not, we're not going to have any tools. So sometimes we have to go through, like I call it boot camp. And, and you have to go through, through certain things. So when you do get what you want, and most of the time you do, you just maybe get it in a different way or in a different place. But you do get, get most of what you want. And sometimes could have a different form. But it also always elevates you to a better level. It doesn't take you back. If you look at your life, you'll notice that you might not get what you want, but you're always upgraded, no matter what. It's just things that, that you didn't think about, maybe, and, and you know places that you get to, you'll realize that you were needed there. And Hashem had to do it this way and kind of not give you what you wanted at that minute so you can see something else in your path and do that because that will will get you better to where you originally wanted and sometimes you get what you wanted but later on but first you have to go through something else and when you track back your life you see that all the things that you've done before were needed for what you're doing now like there's nothing that submits like even if you didn't understand it there's like you know let me give you an example i had a coffee shop candy shop um I was directing a preschool. I worked for Rabbi Simon Jacobson. Um, I, I go now to a preschool in New Jersey. I have a company called Chabad Learning Foundation. I, I do all kinds of different projects. I never know exactly where I'm going to be. But I, and yeah, my challah <laughs> project. And uh, that all started like from just reading an article on the Shabbos table. So I do a lot of different things. So when, if you, if I, somebody would ask me like 18 years ago, what are you doing? I have, I would, you know, I wouldn't understand why I'm doing all these things. Today, I realized that I, I was meant to, to, to help people help myself. And the only way to do it was to go through hardships, was to see other people going through hardships, was to learn the, the, this type of work through the process and through being thrown into the, into the water. And eventually, I learned how to swim. I had no choice. Because Hashem said, I need you for this. If you know that you can do it or not, doesn't matter. Your neshama said that, you know, committed to do this. So I got to get you there. So sometimes we don't understand. Our neshama has like a big, a big job to do in this world. And some, we don't want to do it. Nobody wants to do it. I'm like, no, nah, leave me alone, you know. Moshe Ben is like, no, leave me with them, you know. <laughs> take care of the sheep, exactly. He said, no, I need you to take, no, I don't want to take this whole nation out of this. They're going to eat me up alive. <laughs> but look, and, and this is why I thought also that we should look at the Ushpizin because look at the Ushpizin of tonight. It's very interesting. I thought about it. Moshe Rabbeinu, first of all, he was a very humble man. He, he, he had a big responsibility. He was very close to Hashem. He gave us the Torah, you know, and... And then we have the Mittler Rebbe that also took all the writings of the Ota Rebbe and put them in organized books that we can learn from them and that he also developed them. Like they say that, let's just say the Ota Rebbe had one page, he would have five pages for every, you know, so he brought it in all his books. A lot of them have the word gate before. Share, mm -hmm. share, because why? Because that's the path learning 
toiling in Torah. That's how your neshama will un unfold all these things and the hardships won't seem so hard anymore. So, yeah, for sure. What? So, uh, so the thing is, is that it's all in the way you're perceiving it. If you're going to perceive it constantly as a challenge and not as a path to get you to where you need to be, it is, it's not going to be, you know, it's not going to be nigle. It's going to be in the cell. But if you're going to understand that Hashem's ways are always good, right? And when you're going to just trust and give over i think you missed the first i said an interesting story about um the guy that sold the tefillin to buy the the etrog and then his wife cut the etrog and she made it and she was using it for like the applesauce and the, the salad and he just hugged her and he said you are the best wife ever like he didn't get upset he didn't like fight with her because he understood that that's what that's what hashem wanted and it could be that he needed to have a lot of patience in order to get to the next thing that he had to do in his life. I, I could tell you for sure that today, if something, um, if something happened to me, I always think, Hashem, what are you trying to tell me? Because I know you're trying to talk to me. Just, just make it very clear to me so I don't waste my time. I, I don't even bother with, with, with like hardships. My car stops, an officer stops me. Uh, this, you know, you go somewhere and somebody needs your help and you're late to an appointment and whatever it is. I know that Hashem is in charge. And, you know, I'll give you an example. I do this uh, Shabbos program in the park. And like three weeks in a row, I'm like late. And no matter where I drive, traffic is closed here. It's closed here. It's closed here. I'm like, how could this be? And every week something else happens. And by the time I get to the park, I'm so like exhausted already. And I'm like, forget it. Like, What's the point? Like, I probably missed all the families that were supposed to come because I have this, like, WhatsApp group, and I tell them I'm going to be at the park in this and this time, and I'm already half an hour late. Now they're not going to take it seriously, and you have to have kviut, and I'm, like, like going against everything I know. And all of a sudden, I, I put on the music. I put, like, I have this microphone, and I put, like, uh, Shalom Aleichem, and I put, and I put all kind of Shabbos songs for kids. And all of a sudden, all these families come, and every week that I was late, I found two new Jewish families that were completely disconnected from Yiddishkeit and were looking for something. And when they saw me, they were like looking like this, their eyes opened like this, and they all had children, and they were like, where did you come from? Like, who are you? Like, where? And I said to myself, this is why I was late. Hashem needed me with this family that's it he didn't care about the other because they'll see me in another week that family is only passing today at 5 p.m i couldn't be 501 i couldn't be 502 it had to be 5 p.m because they would pass and i had to put the microphone at the right time to catch their interest so they don't move to that side of the park or the other side of the park and it, and i said you know what 
I'm not I'm not arguing anymore. It's your world. <laughs> I need to like, and you know what? And since I, I I I took my own self to a different level of bitachon because I see it so clearly now. My whole life I was fighting Hashem. I'm a bala tshuva, and I was like, what do you want from me? Everything is so hard with you, and and this, why can't you just like why couldn't I come from a rich family and 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 have everything I need? Bring my problems to someone else. I don't want this, you know. And I, I went through a very many hard years that I couldn't understand. Like, what do you want from me? But today I understand. I, I had something in me that I didn't know I have. And I it only came out when I was completely dragged on the floor, like completely in debt, in bankruptcy court. I had to like, he had to like, I'm so like, um, I fought so strongly against, against uh, you know, Hashem that he had to like really like, like break me in so many levels that I would just scream, just help me. <laughs> okay, I'll do it your way. Got it. <laughs> you know? So everyone is a little what? I, I think that's it's good though. It's no, it, it's revealed good. I just didn't have the right outlook. I didn't know. Nobody taught me. And this is why I try to teach it to children today. So they don't have to go through that. I wasn't taught that there's that, that this is Hashem's ways. And and you know what? I'm so grateful for every minute of it. I don't regret any hardship in my life. It made me who I am. Him it, it made me capable of helping so many people in, in one month. In a whole lifetime, I would never be able to do that if I wouldn't go through the life I went through. I'm so grateful to it. I wake up every morning and I say, Hashem, thank you. <laughs> Everything that comes my way, I'm no longer scared because I truly see that Hashem is with me. Can I, can I share something? Yeah, of course. I once learned about this, <clears throat> that we we need to daven for revealed good. We daven that it should be that way. And we have the tools that when, it, when we don't see it as revealed good, we should be able to see it as revealed good. So it's, it's like in a certain sense, you get both. You get to daven. And that's what we say every morning. Uh, and we, oh no, not before Eilu Dvarim. After, after the all the brachas, we say we say like we really ask that it shouldn't be painful, it shouldn't be hard, it shouldn't be a struggle. And Hashem always gives us, you know, the tools that when it when we're fighting against Him and we're the ones making it hard, we should be able to, you know, exactly go along with his plan because not always is his plan what we thought was best for us but really that is what's best for us so that way you get you have both you know I, I, yesterday i read a very beautiful story um he was a father a very rich father and he had um and he had a few sons so he he wanted to like test them a little bit and see how good the chinuch that they got so he said called all his sons and he said, um, please, please go and, um, and um, wait, in five years, I want you all to come back. So um, one of the sons got married to the daughter of the Baal Shem Tov. And he became like a Chabad Chassid, whatever. And before, um, his, then it, five years passed and the father calls all the sons to come back. To, to 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 meet him and he does like this big gathering and like the son that was married to the daughter of the Baal Shem Tov, he's not really doesn't really want to go and he comes to the Baal Shem Tov and he says look I have to honor my father and I have to go but please bless me that I should be back for Rosh Hashanah 
and he tells him, um, he doesn't answer him. So he tells him, that, please may, tell me that I'm coming back for Rosh Hashanah. And he didn't, he couldn't tell him that. So he realized that there's something off with that. So he took his shofar with him. And he went off, they went, he went to meet the father. And um, in the beginning, like the, the older brothers seemed to know more than him. Then at the end, he showed his, I said, make another gathering the next night. And he showed him like, like what he learned from the Baal Shem. It was really beautiful. Then on the way back, there was a big storm and he got stuck in an island. And he realized it's going to be Rosh Hashanah and he's going to be stuck in this island. And he realized that's why the Baal Shem couldn't tell him you'll be back in time. So he realizes it's Rosh Hashanah. He calculates the time. So he starts, you know, he starts preparing for the holiday and he's like crying and doing slichot and, and like praying. And all the people in this country are not Jewish and they're all looking at him. They think he's crazy. They're going to the king and they're telling him, listen, there's a crazy guy here. He's, he's like praying and davening and, and doing all these things. And he has this like tool and he's like blowing it. And we, we don't know who's this crazy man. And um, the king said, no, bring him to me. And they bring him to him and he asked him, who are you? And he says, I'm Jewish. Um, and this is what we do. This is our holiday. This is the chauffeur. He explains to him everything. He said, I want you. I like this. He says, like, bring 300 Jewish people here to, li to live here. He's like, he's like, no, no even if they would have to be brought in chains, nobody would ever come here because there's no Jewish community there. So they would not come there. Then he eventually, the holiday is finished and the king helps him. He goes back home and the Baal Shem Tov tells him, um, and he tells him what happened and he says, good. He says, there were Nitzotot in that island that needed to be redeemed. And if you wouldn't get stuck there on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and you wouldn't do all this teshuva that you did in that place and blow the shofar and do everything, 300 Jews would have been taken there with chains. So, you, you could look at it like he would have got stuck there. He could have cried because why did I get stuck? He, he realized the minute he got there, he realized that he had to do that, what he did. He didn't, you know, he did, he knew that, you know, it was a chassid of the Baal Shem Tov, the Baal Shem Tov told him, you see something, you hear something, there's a reason for it. It's not random. You hear something, there's something in it. You know, so so when you understand that, you, you, you have a mission, you understand. So the same thing. You understand Hashem's ways, you know. If Hashem puts you, puts you in a certain place, that's where he needs you. Even if you don't want to be there. Sometimes I go to places I don't want to be there. But I know that Hashem sent me there. And if I want to do Hashem's work, this is his world. Who am I to tell him what to do with me? He gave me certain qualities, and I need to do the job that he needs me to do. And when I'm done with this, I have to go wherever else he sends me. And that's it. We are obligated to Hashem. Problem is, is that we don't want to be sometimes obligated. We want to be obligated to what we want. You know, the, the Yetzir Hari does a good job on us. You know, he tells us, oh, what do you need this for? What do you need this for? And he's convinced us that, you know, this is not good for us. But at the end of the day, when we do what Hashem guides us to do, we get ourselves to the best place that we need to be. And and just like Michal said, we do need to pray. I, I always pray, please, let me see the right the right path. Let me understand it. Let me accept it. It's not easy. You have to pray for everything. You have to you have to say thank you for what you have. You have to pray to, to be in the right place at the right time. Everything comes through davening. That's how we connect to Hashem. 
why do we why do we open a sitter and 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 pray every day because we need to we need to ask it needs to go through this world it needs to go through something physical because we're physical it's it, you're saying i know this is this is heavy several times but, um, prayer is it's like a 24 7 hashem is available 24 7. i talk to hashem if i'm having problems i see you do that all the time you know this is happening this is happening it's not just opening the sitter and exactly it's constantly this is happening this is bothering this is this i want to thank you for that help me to see where i should go with this Exactly. That's why I asked the girls this week that questions because I wanted to see if children understand that concept. Sometimes we, we teach them to choose the book and the sitter, but do they understand that Hashem is always here? It's not just one time, one place. And and the and, and being in the in the sukkah is in Sukkot, it's that's the very thing. Hashem is like, I'm protecting you. Come, come and be with me. Come and learn my Torah and come and rejoice with me and come and, and just you know experience just being with me. Even if you don't open a book or anything, just be together and compensate for what the other person doesn't have. And don't feel bad about it. I'm hugging you. Just like Rabbi Lavitra said, it's a very special thing. I'm going to add one more thing. I'm not going to tell you the whole story at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was really in charge of that hospital and I was working with children. And I took care of this one little boy and I came to
exactly what did the word Hashem put the words right, you know, the right words. But there was a, this component of his trust, even though it's a ten-year-old, he trusted, he trusted and he believed he's going to go home. And I can't tell you what a big leap that was <laughs> for him. But he's so small. Yeah. I think also children, because they don't have so much buildup of, you baggage. know, yeah, baggage. <laughs> they, they, they trust. They automatically, they know. They believe you. Like if you, if you say like Hashem loves, yeah, Hashem loves me. You know, like they, they believe it, and they have, they be, and because they believe it, they also see more. They see more of it right away. <coughs> it's very special. Um, and but but you're also Hashem's children. And we're all, and we also have to understand that we are also small children in the eyes of Hashem, and each one of us is 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 precious to Him. And when we suffer, He suffers. Like that mother, when her her child couldn't read, she was crying. She was hugging him and comforting him, and he didn't see her tears, but she was crying. So when we go through a hard, something hard, imagine Hashem. If, if we go through something hard, Hashem sees us. You think it doesn't hurt Him? Of course. He's like, just get it already so I can, so you can stop yeah. suffering. Just get it. Just do what needs to be done. Just do it so your neshama can be in a better place. Because sometimes we can't get to a better place if we don't work on ourselves. And sometimes we don't work on ourselves. So sometimes to get us to work on ourselves, he has to get our attention. So to get our attention, sometimes he has to like, you know, push us around a little. Um, and and it's, not, it's not coming from a b- bad place. It's all good to get us to a good place. Because we're straying off to a place that's going to end up not good for us. Read it to us. So after the Yehuda, the highest, which is like the highest level of that person's soul, emerges through the order of being tested. It's a challenge. Look, Abraham, mm-hmm. um, Abraham Avinu had so many tests, right? Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to go into the land of Israel. You know, it's 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 hard. But but we know that Hashem loves us, and and you have to trust that, and you have to try to see it also, because when you do try to see it, you see it. It just it's it's work, and just like I said, sometimes you get somewhere and you don't want to be there, but that's the work that Hashem needs you to do now, and He wants to see you in Simcha, and and not just you, you being in Simcha, you cause other people to be in Simcha. You know, sometimes I, I just smile in the morning. Make someone else smile, even if it's hard for you. Get out of the house. Say hi. How are you? Have a good day. Yeah, because you have to. You have to do because it makes you happy. Also, it makes you happy, and you're making somebody else happy. The other day, I just randomly went out of the house. I don't know. I saw someone. Said hi. How are you? And we. I left. She left, and she's like, she texted me like a few hours later. She's like, I want you to know that you made my morning. Really, I didn't even notice what I did. I just said, hi, how are you? It made me realize, you know, it's so simple for, for, for to give to others. We're just smiling and being kind. I came out today getting I felt like this list of things that are not where I want them to be, <laughs> starting with the Internal Revenue Service and going down. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I felt like, oh my gosh, something, you know, the day gone wrong, whatever it is, really <laughs> trying to get to me. And the list is going on in my mind, in my mind, like this. And I said, no, no, I'm not going to do this. It's purpose, it needs some cause. This is our victory. And I started just telling 
made the cross go away? Nitzachon. This is the time of Nitzachon. That's when I'm going to see it. And that's not Nitzachon. I like that. And they, they went with us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm hoping that today, maybe all of us will 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 leave uh, this Fabringen like in in a notion that it's not just another holiday. It's not just you know. It's we're not gonna go back. You remember remember the gold watch. <laughs> yes. We're not we're not gonna we're not just gonna go back to our lives. We're gonna go back, but we're gonna take strength with us, and we're gonna be strong, and we're gonna make others strong. Other people strong. We're gonna, we're gonna, you know, share with them our own strength, and hopefully, with that bitachon, we're gonna be happy. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much. A lot of brachas and atzlacha and everything that we all want and need. And bezrat Hashem, may our learning bring Mashiach. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you.